Hey guys, hope you're well. Another podcast today, and this one is one in a series I'll be doing with a number of social enterprises to learn about the work they do and the varying business models that ensure they gain funding for their missions. Today's is with Charlotte Brewer, and she's the director of Soap Cycling. They're an organization that work with the hospitality industry to collect, process, and distribute lightly used soap bars and bottled amenities back to disadvantaged communities around the world, particularly in Asia. Charlotte specialises in connecting the corporate community with good social causes to create sustainable, positive impact. And that's a big part of the work she does at Soap Cycling. So I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Charlotte Brewer. Good morning, Charlotte. Welcome to the Task Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Matt. Fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. It's um, you know, we met a couple of weeks ago and and on a on a business call and really interesting to find out, you know, what you do. And I've done a will have done for our audience a little introduction to your background, but you know, why don't we just jump straight into your role at Soap Cycling, what it's all about, which is really kind of the the core of this pod to talk about this great organization that that you're involved with. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Soap cycling is, uh, well, very simply explained, we're collecting lightly used soaps from hotels, we're recycling them, and then bringing them into the hands of those who really need it the most to boost their hygiene. Um, So that's, in a nutshell, uh, our our model, what we do. Um, I'm one of the directors um, at soap cycling and to to go into a little bit more detail regarding soap cycling we we don't just you know we don't just collect the soaps but we feel we have a, a very strong mission and um, we really are guided by by the idea that um, the <clears throat> we want to help, the, the next generation here in Hong Kong to understand sustainability better and to, to be part of this journey towards more sustainability. Also, um, in, you know, in a very, um, like, uh, how to say that, in, in a very comprehensive way is the word. So we understand it uh, from, a, from a social and environmental perspective. And so that brings us to the three missions of soap cycling. The first would be, um, well, quite obvious, um, for a cleaner environment. So the waste reduction that we're doing um, by collecting stuff that would otherwise be just trash and end up in landfills and make sure um, it can be actually used and, and put to a good, uh, good purpose. And then um, the second one would, would be, well, also kind of obvious, as I mentioned, the hygiene mission, right? Because we're distributing the soap to people who need it, um, because um, hand washing with soap is one of the most efficient and um, effective ways uh, to to reduce infectious diseases. Um, One of the main causes for uh, 
kids prematurely dying in uh, countries like the Philippines or I think even Thailand still has um, an issue with in, in the rural areas with, with infectious diseases like diarrhea, uh, pneumonia, and those can be really well prevented by uh, proper hand washing. And then um, the third mission is maybe not that obvious um, from like what I said about, yeah, we're collecting the soap and we're distributing it. But in the operations and what we do, we are trying to employ people who would otherwise not find um, gainful employment here in Hong Kong in this fast paced city. And um, that's our empowerment mission. And cool. So the, I, I'm really interested in this. I know, you know, I said that when we we're on the first call, it's it, mainly because as you know, not for the last couple of years, I haven't traveled, but obviously over my, you know, my, my career of 20 or so years, I've traveled a lot and definitely been pretty bad with the amount of, you know, bars of soap that I've just unwrapped, used once, thrown in a bin. And, but do you guys, so hotels, obviously, presumably one of your main kind of partners where you collect and then yeah. you distribute out to uh, uh, relevant NGOs that are, or, or relevant organizations in, right. in, you know, in, in, in other countries, do you, so do you pick up bars of soap that are what have been opened and then you recycle or do you pick up extra soap that's not used? What's the kind of, what's the distribution and pickup model of it? Um, both actually. So um, you can imagine that, uh, the pandemic totally changed what mm. we're collecting. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, be, before COVID, um, Hong Kong had a really vibrant tourism sector um, added on by, by the, the business travel that's here. So um, I think the Hong Kong government also declared the, the tourism and the hospitality sector in, in general as like one of the focus areas for Hong Kong economy. And it was really booming. And so, well, during that time, we would be collecting um, lightly used soap, because as you said, it's the typical mm. thing. You're in the hotel room, you're opening the soap, you're using it once, maybe twice. Um, the average occupancy for a hotel room is uh, three days here in Hong Kong, or was three days here in hmm. Hong Kong. Um, and yeah, so we're collecting that. Plus also those little uh, single-use plastic bottles. Um, I mean, this is something oh, okay. that we started recently and is way more complicated than the bar soap because... Um, well, you end up with a liquid. Uh, you need to store that into other bottles when you distribute it. So for that, um, we're focusing on only distributing uh, the liquids here in Hong Kong because we don't want to create another cycle of plastic trash, say, in the Philippines. Plus, um, Fun fact on the side, when you're buying shower gel, 60% um, of what you pay for is just water. So it's, hmm. not, it's not very efficient um, to ship that around. And how are the hotel, the, I, I imagine this is good for the hotels. I mean, hotels have been, I think, you know, 
and over the last decade or more have been under pressure as many organizations have rightful industries rightfully so to be more sustainable and this is these particular areas that you know the hotels immediately on board are some of them doing it their own way i always imagined hotels would have been searching for these kind of opportunities but is it probably not that easy i don't know nah, so it was kind of interesting when when soap cycling started in um 2012 um the situation was still a bit different particularly here in hong kong um the the sustainability topic wasn't that big back then um so in the in the beginning, our contact with the hotels would be merely um, the housekeeping department. And we kind of had to sort of beg them and, and kind of hope for, for a very you know, positive individual that we come across who would be willing to mm. put on this like extra extra work of asking um, the cleaning staff to separate the soaps and collect the bottles. Um, more recently, um, that has changed, as you said, and mm. the, the sustainability managers are picking up on this. Um, and we're increasingly having also um, groups of staff from hotels coming to, to our warehouse, coming to soap cycling um, so that they can see where the soap is recycled and learn about the mission, um, which is, I mean, yeah, a, a great motivator, right? When you're just told, A, collect the soap and it's just an extra step of work that you have to do, that's not that interesting. But if you know that you're doing this because um, you can help bringing free soap to people who need it and um, to create employment, that's uh, that's a great motivation. So um, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Really cool. You, in terms of lockdown, you touched on this a minute ago, actually, but oh, yes. I, I would have imagined that it would have hugely disrupted what you're doing because, you know, very certainly at the beginning when, I mean, there was com almost complete lockdown in, in certain areas, but did you actually end up with a a surplus because supply chains were already there and there was additional so how how has it, well, it changed has, or not changed what you what you've you know been doing yeah sorry i i kind of kind of lost lost that point so when when covid hit um first there was like zero supply from the hotels mm. in in the first um, because everyone was kind of grappling with the shock and with the lockdown and um, by by mid uh, by mid to uh, 2020, um, supply slowly came back, and what we actually got was basically fabric new soap because hotels. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So hotels had supply contracts, but they didn't need the soap, so. What, what should they do? They just kind of handed it through to us. And um, so still at the moment, this is way, like absolutely outweighing what we get currently is still like the fabric new soap and not okay. the used ones. Because also um, 
I mean, despite the fact that everyone who comes into Hong Kong has to spend 14 days minimum. Oh, of course. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the quarantine part of it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the, the sad thing here is that because of safety concerns, none of that trash can be collected. It's mm. uh, everything that comes out of the quarantine hotels is treated as like a safety hazard and like hazardous waste. And you can see people actually walking around in hazmat suits, um, getting the, or, or putting together the trash from the hotels, the quarantine hotels that is, yeah. But um, I mean, it, it, we, had, we had a backlog of, of soap at our warehouse. The pandemic kind of allowed us to clear that out. Um, well, this is, this is trying to see the glass half full, um, mm. but it, it allowed us to do stuff at the warehouse and we used the opportunity. But um, apart from that, uh, COVID was a total disruption to our social enterprise model. We suddenly ended up having zero income. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, good to see that you have obviously kind of come out the other end and survived. And um, the it's a good segue. You just mentioned social enterprise. It's something, you know, uh, this is kind of part of the social enterprise series. And I wanted to really kind of, you know, nail down that and ask you about it. So you mm-hmm. mentioned social enterprise. You want to just share, you know, you're a social enterprise, what that means and how you're a social enterprise versus, you yeah. know, the traditional charity model? I mean, um, you... When I talk to to business people, um, like colleagues of my husband who's working in banks, um, they're jumping at it and saying like, oh, yeah, great. And so um, this is a service you provide to hotels. And obviously the hotels are paying you. Um, But no, they're not, at least not here in Hong Kong. So um, because we are in uh, in a market or so-called market um, where waste is uh, of of, or or waste uh, is of no cost for the hotels. So they don't have to, in in most of European countries, um, I think even in Thailand, you kind of have models where people have to, and specifically corporates would have to pay for for the the waste disposal. um, not so here in Hong Kong. Um, so the idea was, okay, where, where are we going to get uh, the funding for, for, our, uh, for our logistics, for our operations? And um, we do need a lot of volunteer help at our warehouse. And that then lend itself to the idea, hey, why don't we make these events at our warehouse um, really fun and um, ask people to, to donate if they come. And this became our, our income model. So large multinational corporations, they were sort of the first ones to pick that up because they were looking for um, engagement opportunities for their employees. Um, volunteering, you know, and they gladly um, support us with donations for these kind of events. 
it's really interesting when you talk about it because the model is it's very subtle the difference but it is different you know if i set up a charity tomorrow and i put up a just giving page or i have my you know 100 donors or whatever and there is a donation model but what you're doing is you're creating some sort of service within that model that's the difference okay if i come to your event or as an employee or as an individual there is a monetary contribution for that experience which it's it's very subtle but also very different do you know what i mean i mean it is a it is a business model because you're ultimately saying hey bring your employees in and is that how it works and you know as part of that there's a there's a monetary contribution which funds your operation as opposed to just going out there and purely asking for kind of donations widely so yeah i mean um unfortunately um this is why we had that huge problem during COVID. yeah right um, because um, everybody was working from home. All the large corporations have uh, very strict safety rules uh, in place. A lot, like still o- over a third of our regular, I call them customers, yeah, our regular supporters, customers, um, um, they still cannot run events because their uh, safety policy doesn't allow larger face-to-face meetings. So um, yeah, we, from, from one day to another, we suddenly had no income. So yes, during COVID, we did try to become like a more typical charity as sure. in um, asking for asking individual donations and you know running crowdfunding campaigns um sort of trying to diversify our our income sources and we've also of course reached out to um institutional funders um asking for uh specific project support and luckily we got that otherwise we wouldn't be existing anymore Cool. Good to good to hear. Um, in terms of the, you know the role of business, obviously you know your your model is very much about engaging with the corporate sector yeah. in terms of ensuring your success. And yeah, look, good to hear that you've been able to garner support outside of the events. But you know, in terms of the more broader role of the business sector, uh, you know you've been you've been around the the nonprofit social enterprise sector for a long time. Do you, what is your opinion on what the business sector should be doing in terms of you know, the social sector, environmental challenges. Do you see it as the lines are blurring and we have charity, we have business, and do you see the roles as different, um, you know? Um, what, what? Yes, uh, I think there's, um, I wouldn't, yes, the lines are blurring. Nevertheless, I would say there are very distinct roles and and uh, tasks to be completed um, that for example, cannot work in, in, a, in a market setting and will not be solved by a market-based solution. Mm. Um, I mean, there has been a lot of talk about, you know, bottom of the pyramid models, um, how, to, how to include the poorest into the economy. And yes, there are, there are great um, 
great innovations regarding that. And I mean, uh, Task for One is, is, a, is a product that helps to reach out to grassroots and would also have an opportunity to, you know, include a, a, a wide group um, of, of, let's say, I, you know, like you, you have this model with the farmers in Thailand mm. where, you're, where your product supports. Um, that said, there needs to be a, some, some paying customer or, or there needs to be, like with our events, there needs to be a, a service or a product that finds enough demand from a solvent market. Mm. And yes, multinational corporations are solvent in that sense, and they do have budget um, to spend for, for their employee volunteering and, and for these kind of motivational um, staff motivation focused um, events. And um, so that's the market we tapped into. But there, there are, you know, um, there are situations where um, there is no market. And for that, you do need charity, or I would say, with my very European perspective, you, you need the society to step in, meaning mm. the state and, and, you know, redistribution programs. That's, uh, we're not going to have fairness in a society without that. Yeah, for sure. Com com completely agree. And I, you know, I'm this one kind of passionate about this social enterprise model always happening because it sits in the middle, really. And I, I think it does, you know, you're, to your point of our, you know, our farming community project that we're working mm -hmm. on. I mean, we're just the technology that underwrites it. We can't kind of, you know, put our hands in the air to say we're anything to do with the actual project, but we do enable it and we enable it at scale. But most importantly, it creates, there is a liquidity process around it. So you're getting something good done, but someone also who needs to earn a living to get that done does, you know, in this case, in a marginalized community, you know, in Thailand and now in Africa. So these models, I think, are, the more they can be kind of unearthed are really great forward-thinking models. And on the corporate side, the shared value systems, which I haven't had a lot to do with for a while now, but I also really liked the kind of corporate systems for looking at, you know, what impact am I, negative impact am I having as a business, which there is an inevitability as a large business that you're going to be having some sort of negative social or environmental impact that you're always trying to kind of reduce but how do I create a system to balance that out in the right way which you know yeah. they're always interesting to, to see and I think um, when when you hit on that I that that's like the part where I would want the the social enterprise idea to be not singled out but mm. taken up and mainstreamed um, because I don't know when the idea was lost, but I'm suspecting uh, near neoliberal times when um, processes were isolated and uh, optimized um, only with with one goal in mind, which was the shareholder value optimization, for example, mm -hmm. or or just. I think that was the point where the idea of shared value that had been there was lost because businesses had that before. 
businesses were rooted in their communities. Um, you couldn't run, um, you know, you, you weren't isolated from your surroundings. Um, I mean, that's sounding a little bit romantic. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for that, but I, I think if, if you're looking at, um, you know, models where, where and new startups, entrepreneurs become more local and focus on their, on their, on, on a local uh, level of, of their, of their reach and um, focusing on the community around their business. There's no way that you're going to create um, environmental externalities without at least um, <laughs> scratching your head about it and how you can how you can avoid it, right? Um, yeah, indeed, indeed, and I agree with you. It probably was lost at that point, and maybe it's come full circle. I don't know because now there is, of course, yeah. the whole triple bottom line. Um, you know, it's not a philosophy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a reality, but triple bottom line is yeah. something that's really important, but also, you know, and organizations cannot afford from a shareholder point of view, not to focus on this stuff now, which is, is a great thing because yeah, it, it, it does have an impact across, you know, the financial element and the, you know, reputation is really important. It's not, shouldn't be the reason for doing things, but unfortunately it, it is needed in certain cases and for a lot of organizations to all make a difference it it's an influencing factor which i think is important now so yeah but i i would really wish as you said that like the the social enterprise model um for me kind of like in a nutshell means that as a as a business you understand yourself as part of the community and um well to to just give it another a uh, headline here. Um, if you're not part of the solution, you might be part of the problem. So uh, better, better check if you're creating more problems or if you're actually helping and and being being part of the solution, right? And um, I would really wish that this kind of thinking. Um, this being embedded in the community and having a responsibility um, for what you do and what you do like every step of the way um, becomes mainstream. I mean, this is what we do at Soap Cycling. We're really trying to think about what we do every step of the way. We're, we're trying to... Um, for example, also think about the packaging, how we um, distribute our or ship our soaps to the Philippines. Um, yeah, it's not easy uh, because we've, we've worked with recycled cloth bags, um, but then it turns out that like on the, on the last kilometer in the Philippines, um, a lot of the soap tends to get wet so the cloth bags are not helping they're actually destroying hmm. the product so yeah we've you know <laughs> you need to keep innovating if you want to do stuff right for sure look and i yeah i mean all part of the process and um yeah look i mean 
it, it's been great to have you on. I didn't really have any more questions. And if there is, is, is anything I didn't ask, then feel free to share it. Otherwise, I'll get you to kind of share social details and stuff. Um, no, I think uh, thanks for thanks for having me and thanks for for giving me the opportunity to introduce soap cycling to your listeners. And I think we've we've kind of touched on on the main point um, how how we're trying to to be a social enterprise and going beyond um, a, a charity model. Um, and I hope that can be inspiring for some of your listeners. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Charlotte. Look, where do people, if people want to support you, volunteer, find out more information, where is the best place to, to go and do that? Um, well, <laughs> at the moment, our, our website is pretty outdated, but um, you can still find the, the, relevant, the relevant information on there and contact us. So it's www.soapcycling.org. Um, and uh, we are on, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, you just type in soap cycling and you'll, you can find us. Um, cool. But I will leave, I will leave those links in the, in the podcast notes for anyone that's listening. So, um, and yeah, awesome. It's been great to, to jump on a podcast. Really appreciate it and look forward to speaking more as, you know, as we, as we go forward. So, yeah. And um, let me just add. So if uh, anyone from a hotel is listening and you want to get rid of your, uh, of your soaps and work together with a charity, um, boosting your sustainability, please do reach out. Um, if, someone is in Hong Kong or in Singapore listening and thinking like, oh, hey, I want to do something really fun with my, uh, with my teammates uh, for our next offsite or for our team building or for our engagement. Um, and then reach out to us. So cycling events can be, can be really fun and you're supporting a charitable cause at the same time. So, yeah, for those listeners, don't hesitate. Knock on our door, please. Cool. Excellent. Well, everyone heard that, and hopefully and I'll put it when I post. I'll, I'll, I've got a few hotels on my, on my social links on LinkedIn, I think. So, yeah, if anyone cool. sees this, please get in touch with, with, with Charlotte and with soap, with soap Cycling. So, great. Thank you, Matt. Cool. My pleasure. Have a, have a great day in Hong Kong. Thank Cheers. You. Hey, thanks for listening to the Task Podcast and hope you found it interesting. If you'd like to get in touch and have a chat with myself, Matt, or one of the team, then we are at hello at task.io and we'd love to speak to you. Cheers. Cheers.